This is Seth. And this is Matt. And welcome to The The Heretic Heretic House. House. Here we like to ask questions that we may or may not have the answers to and see what we think about what we actually know. And the reason we're not looking for answers is because we're more looking for perspective. Hello and welcome to the Heretic House. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about something that's very important to the Christian faith, and that's the Bible. So I'm going to lead this off by just asking Matt, why is the Bible so important to the Christian faith and so, Christians? Yeah, um, I think we need to start by stating that the Christian faith is not necessarily a life of following Jesus. There's a difference there. Uh, oh, so. so. What's that? How so? Well, the Christian faith is a religion, and a religion is not a relationship. So I would say that the Christian faith, the Bible is so important to the Christian faith because that's what they've based their entire religion on, is the Bible. Hmm. And so they, they take the Bible and they build all of their theology and all of their practices and all of their traditions off of what the Bible says. Hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of one of the most important things to the faith. For for uh, Would you say that you're talking about like traditional Christians? Yeah. So I'm talking about like uh, both Protestant and Catholicism. Mm-hmm. That's what they use. Uh, to justify all of their beliefs is that that Bible, the book. Hmm. Yeah, and it seems that they have, there's a lot of Christians who have their favorite versions. And why, why would you say the, the version is so important to some Christians? Why, why is that? So the version, uh, every, every version or every translation is put together by a group of translators and those translators have a particular theological balance or perspective that they are looking to bring to the scriptures and there may be the objective of being completely transparent and completely neutral but we know that's just very hard to do if at all possible Mm. so the version is important because different versions will support the different theological positions that you're coming from. Hmm. Yeah, it seems that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of churches have, um, it seems like the New King James is very, very popular for a lot of churches. Yeah, I, when I came to the faith, it was the New American Standard Bible. And different traditions will have different Bibles they prefer. Some prefer the Revised Standard Bible. Some prefer the King James. Some prefer the NIV. Um, hmm. Some prefer the ESV. So there's, there's all kinds of choices. And different. You'll, you'll find that different churches have their favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. And then what... I like to use the ESV, and uh, I think that's the one that I think you brought me to actually kind of using that. And yeah, that... I I started reading the ESV when I was in college because 
I was actually studying Greek at one point, if you can believe it. And uh, what I found, like I was comparing the Greek to the different translations, and I found the ESV to be pretty consistent with my understanding of what the Greek was saying. Um, So I started reading the ESV. Today, I read the ESV, but I, I also read the New Revised Standard Version and the Message, and uh, I've started reading the Holman Christian Standard Version as well. Mm. So uh, I think those are the four main versions that I read uh, when I compare the passages. What I do like about having all these versions is that I, I do believe it gives us a perspective, uh, different perspectives. Well, it's like anything else. If you hang around the same people, you're going to think about the same things. If you hang around different groups of people, you're going to have different perspectives and be thinking about different things. So if each translation was made based on the theological perspective of a particular group, then you should read multiple different translations so you'll get multiple different theological perspectives, if that's what you're looking for. Mm. If you're really looking to just confirm your beliefs, well, then stick with the translation you like. Yeah, so that actually, um, I think that kind of segues into this next question, which is, uh, is the Bible the Word of God? And when I say that, is be, when, how I'm asking that is that there's all these versions, and they're all very, they're quite different. Like, there's a lot of different versions. How can they all be the Word of God? And how can they all be inspired by God? So... What would you say to do, is the Bible the Word of God? I believe Jesus is the Word of God. Mm. That being said, if we're looking for a particular scripture that we would call the Word of God or the infallible, inerrant scripture, you would have to go to the original Hebrew, Aramaic, in Greek translations, the first uh, writing from each of the authors that were inspired by the Spirit of God to write as they wrote. So, you, you know, you could say that, oh, my translation, the XYZ translation, is the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God. But that's that just like you'd have to throw so much baby out with the bathwater in order mm. to actually believe that because it's been you know translated and translated and translated and translated throughout the years and um i i i personally have come to the conclusion that i can't i can't take that stance mm. yeah there's the translation and then there's your interpretation too so yeah even if it's the word of God, are you interpreting the word of God correctly? So, but, and that, and also all these versions, uh, I think mainstream Christianity or traditional Christianity, they kind of make the Bible to be uh, infallible and inerrant. So where, where would you land on that? And I'm asking that in, also in the thought that we, you know, with all these translations and all these interpretations, just uh, 
how can we know if we have the true word or true uh true text or true inerrant writings so anyone can make anything say or sound like anything they want this is a problem right because if we are looking for um, complete unity and truth in what we believe and you know we're gonna have to get everyone on the same page that's not my objective my objective is not to get everyone on the same page in fact i want everyone on the page that resonates with them so jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free so as you're reading the scriptures and listening to the word of god the prompting of either jesus or the holy spirit however you use that or just the prompting of god within your spirit what gives you freedom what resonates with you what sounds uh truthful to you um that is where you're gonna find what is the perspective that you were given when you were made and that is the perspective you need to pursue and i want you to have that perspective because my perspective is going to be different. And when we put our two perspectives together, we get a bigger picture of what reality is. Mm -hmm. So when all of us together say what we think is true, all of a sudden we get a bigger picture of what is true, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does make sense. And so where I fall on where the Bible, if it's errant or inerrant, um, I kind of have two trains of thought on that. Uh, I don't believe that the people in the Bible, the people who wrote the, the scriptures were perfect. I believe they were errant. And I do believe there can be some inconsistencies and, and, and errants, errancies in the Bible. Uh, I think that it is possible. and But I think it's perfectly errant. <laughs> if you know what the if you know what I mean when I, when I say that, I think there it couldn't be any other way. God had these people write these things in their time, how and it has their cultural flair and cultural uh, biases, and that's a good thing. And but we the what we need to do in today's time, I think we need to actually. Uh, acknowledge that acknowledge that there is a cultural uh, cultural difference from then and now and just how they they treated um, time back then like uh, with women I mean nowadays we wouldn't even think to treat women the way that they treated women back then mm. we kind of brought that up in the gathering the other day but we we also have to see how the writers are writing back then and how they interpret what God was telling them. So I, I to, to bring it, to sum it all up, I would say that, yes, the there can be errancies in the Bible, but I don't think God would have it any other way. And even Paul at times says, I'm speaking from myself, not from God. And so the authors did not necessarily think they were writing this perfect scripture for all people to have for all time. Hmm. They were writing to the people of their day 
what they were impressed to write. And I think that's important to remember. You know, we, we look backwards towards history and we say these people wrote these things for all history, mm. right? Um, but there is a context to their letters. And that's what they were, letters. They were not meant to be books or something to be kept forever. They were just like a letter of correspondence we would write today. Hey, Bob, I heard what's going on in your life. I'm really sorry about this. Here's some advice I have for you. So. Mm. Yes, I, I agree with that. And so that kind of brings us to how do we read the Bible? I, I kind of said how we have to read into the cultural aspects and um, and keep those things in mind. But, well, let, let me ask you, how do you read the Bible today? So when I read the Bible, I, I listen to see where my spirit is moved. And I'm learning, obviously, what the author was intending for his audience. But I'm also seeing what I can glean from that for today. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the key for me is being very transparent with the prompting within my spirit as to what I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, as I'm reading the Bible, I am putting other passages together with the one I'm reading. In other words, I'm, I'm remembering and recalling all that I've read and seeing how this particular passage that I'm reading fits with everything else mm-hmm. and um, trying to get the big picture, if that, sure. if that makes sense. Yeah, do you have an example? Um, well... Sure. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is John chapter 1. Uh, mm. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, and so thinking about that, and because of the, the similarity, um, I go back to the beginning, right, to Genesis, mm. and thinking about that. And what does that mean? And then I put that together with other scripture that talks about the word. And I think about um, how he holds all things together by the word of his power. And uh, or the passage, I think it's in Second Timothy, um, that the word of God is profitable for doctrine and reproof and correction and instruction of righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And, and what does all of this mean? And so I'm looking at this word, this word, you know, God spoke and it was, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He holds all things together by the word of his power. The word of God is profitable. And then I take all of those thoughts and I say, what does that mean to me today? How can I relate? And for me, as I think about the word of God, I think about that prompting in my spirit, not, not the words on this page, but what the words on this page prompt within my spirit. Mm 
and you know his spirit bears witness with our spirit and all of a sudden you get these revelations and for me i get like these images that pop into my head where everything fits together and i can see a picture um so that's kind of how i approach reading the bible and putting the passages together and allowing scripture to interpret scripture right Mm -hmm. and but not only that I look at other ways that people were moved in their spirit to communicate Um, different musicians different artists different authors and the words that they were given and I I believe and that kind of leads into one of our questions down the road here but um, I believe I can look at all of that and listen for the prompting within my spirit and that is where I hear the word of God speak to me and direct me. Hmm. So that, that's a little different, but that's why it's called Heretic House. <laughs> no wrong answers here. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, no, there's a word for that. that it's hermeneutics, right? That's hermeneutics. It's, um, it's how you study or how you interpret the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, I always... Uh, the, the way I, I see reading the Bible um, is that we have to, I think we need to read all of the passages in the context of Jesus's life and everything has to go through. I think Jesus, uh, a pastor once, uh, once said, uh, one of my pastors, um, he said that Jesus is the lens that we should read the the Bible's Bible through, and and once you do that, I think he, he taught a lot about love and loving each other, and uh, and you talk about the the narrow path as being just you and Jesus. And it's interesting you say that because in order to actually read through the lens of Jesus, you have to know who is Jesus. <laughs> That's true, right? I wasn't alive 2,000 years ago. I didn't get to hang out with this man from Galilee. Um, But I have this prompting within my spirit. I have this voice that has been with me since I was a little child. Uh, This is the only Jesus I really know. Mm. Not, Not the Jesus that's hanging on the crucifix in the front of your sanctuary. Not... Not the Jesus who is uh, standing in front of that rock with a hole in it, you know, that grave. Uh, Not the Jesus who's standing on a mountain with clouds surrounding him as he ascends into heaven. Um, But that Jesus that is within me, that speaks to me. Mm. And you can call him Jesus because that's that's what I was taught growing up. Mm. You can call it the Christ within you, um, you know, this, this, uh, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that, you know, just, just with that context, we got to know who Jesus is. I would agree. Yeah. How can you have, how can he be your lens if you don't even know who he is? That, yeah, it makes sense. So that kind of, uh, makes me think what uh, a lot of Christianity or a lot of Christians, believe that they think that the only way they hear from God is through the Bible, hear about Jesus is through the Bible. So are we kind of putting the Bible too high on a pedestal and 
where we actually can we can hear Jesus today. So I think that is really interesting because when you say, ah, oh, the only way I can hear from God is through the words on this page. Hmm. You have to interpret those words. And right. those words could, you know, like we don't have punctuation in the original Greek. We don't have capitalization. We don't have periods. We have words. That's it. Hmm. There's, there's no capital or lowercase. There's just words. There's just letters and spaces. And I, I think you have to honestly look beyond that. I, I think that is a position that would be held by someone who wants to be right and wants to have a final authority for what they believe. Mm. At one point in my Christian life, I would have said that's a good thing. Today, I would say that's a dangerous thing. It's only going to hold you back. It's not going to, it's not going to propel you forward in your faith. It's not going to allow you to grow to your full potential. But you might need that right now. Hmm. You might have come from a very shaky, rocky past where, you know, there was no truth, there was no conviction, uh, there was just doing, you know, as you please. Or whatever I don't know your past but maybe you need that right now and that's okay because still as you read those words something is guiding you to interpret those words a particular way to hear those words the way you hear them and hopefully that something is not just the voice of the man who calls himself your pastor or the woman who calls herself your pastor but uh, hopefully that is your spirit bearing witness with the spirit of God leading you into all truth. That's, that's my hope for you. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, I agree. I hope that's what people are, are, are listening to because no, no person, no pastor has all the answers. No pastor knows you perfectly like Jesus does, like Jesus Jesus knows everything about you, but um, but bring it back to the Bible. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we got a little off topic. No, uh, no, that was good. Uh, I was just had a question about: uh, Do you believe our Bible is complete? I know we we did strip some of the books out of the Bible, and like, the, or I'm I guess I'm talking about the Protestant Bible because the Catholic Bible definitely has more books than we do. But would you say that? That was maybe a right decision to get rid of those, or uh, if we should uh, we should still have them in our Bible as a Protestant Bible, or or maybe we should have other books that we don't even even in uh, in the Catholic Bible. Which is that the called the Apocrypha? The Apocrypha is that history between four hundred B.C. and Christ's time. Mm, okay. Yeah, so do you think that the Bible is complete the way we have it now or we should we should be looking at other other literature? So, you know, not only did we as Protestants pull some scriptures out, um you got to go back to when the canon was completed and I think it was 300 and something AD. Um not only did they pull stuff out, they prohibited other things from being put in. 
Hmm. And so from my perspective, and I can't speak from anyone else's, I believe that there is inspired writings all around us. Um, is it complete? I don't think so. Hmm. I think there's more to be told. I think there's more to be said. Um, is what we have a good starting place? Is what we have profitable to teach us and direct us and guide us? Of course, absolutely. But you could live off peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the rest <laughs> of your life, and you're missing out on a lot of options. So, yeah, and I don't uh, like peanut butter and jelly. So, oh, I love peanut butter <laughs> and jelly, especially on those multi-grain pieces of bread. Mm, good stuff. <laughs> so, you think that we should have other literature, even beyond what we've had historically? Of course. Hmm. I mean, we listen to teachers, right? Isn't that the same thing? Isn't that words spoken? Isn't that words written uh, that we're learning from, that we're, that we're gaining profit from? So even as you look at the Bible, you're, most Christians are listening to other authors, other teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what value are their words? And if their words are not actually profitable, why are you listening to them? I think your own actions can reveal to you just what actually is profitable in life. When you're listening to a particular song or hymn, like, does it move your spirit? Does it give you revelation? Does it give you insight? And what makes that less valuable than this collection of books that we call the Bible? Mm. I would say it's of equal value and equal importance. Mm. The danger, of course, in this is where does it end, right? And how do you know when someone is a false teacher? Or how do you know if someone is misleading you or misguiding you? How do you know that you can actually hear my words and um, believe what I'm saying? Well, that's where the Spirit of God within you comes into play, in my humble opinion. Mm. He'll provide that discernment. Yeah. Don't listen to the words I say and believe them to be true just because I said them. Check your spirit. Listen. Think. Use the brain that God gave you and uh, determine what what sounds correct, what is actually accurate. Mm. You can do this. Wow, that all sounds like good stuff to me. (laughs) And heretical, too. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. (laughs) All right, that's all the time we have for today, though. So uh, we do appreciate you listening, and we will catch you on the next episode of The Heretic House. Take care. Bye now.